Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart. I hope you had a wonderful weekend full of disc golf. I got to play a tournament on Saturday in 70 degree weather and it was sunny and it was glorious and so much fun. This week, I also had a chance to have a conversation with Kathy McDevitt. She co-owns CR Farm Disc Golf Course in Maine, and we just had a wonderful conversation that I'm so excited for you to hear. But a few things before we get to that. Hey, a reminder that U.S. Women's is coming up in September, but keep an eye on signups to make sure that it doesn't get filled up before you grab your spot. So grab your spot while they are available. Just a reminder for that. And speaking of tournaments, next weekend, there are eight, at least, all-women events around the country. And I believe all of them still have uh, open spots and you can still sign up this week. So go check those out. A great place to check those out is our Women's Disc Golf Community Slack channel. We have a really fantastic event calendar and event channel where you can search for events and tell everyone which ones you're signing up for. And it's really great. So again, Email me at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or reach out to me or Danielle Charlier on social media to get signed up for our Women's Disc Golf Community Slack channel. And uh, next weekend, also, quick shout out you'll hear about here in a minute, the Farmer's Daughters Open, which my guest Kathy McDevitt is hosting at CR Farms in Maine. Next weekend is also the San Francisco Open. And once again, <laughs> I will be doing the Disc Golf Pro Tour Fantasy, and if this week and this stop is anything like the prior stops, almost everyone will probably beat me, but that means I get to randomly draw from all the people who beat me to win a prize from the Disc Golf Pro Tour, so go check that out at dgpt.com slash fantasy. Voting is also available there or uh, on the Disc Golf Pro Tour social media for voting for uh, the second card for FPO coverage. All right. So a lot of tournament stuff from this weekend to get to. I'll start with the A-tiers. The Utah Open. Jessica Weiss won the Utah Open and Lauren Butler took second place shooting above her rating. And then Ruby Hall took third place. The 303 Open had a big field of 15 FPO players, and it looked like a really fun, really crazy tournament. There was a different leader after every round, and ultimately Paige Birkis comes away with the win, and Missy Gannon and Haley King tied for second. And then out at the Goat Hill Open out in California, man, this course looks just bananas. I remember watching coverage of it uh, on CCDG last year, and it is a huge, huge, huge lawn course. And Jennifer Allen wins by 39 throws. That's a lot of throws. So congratulations to Jennifer Allen. Natalie Brown took second and Brandy Myers took third. We also had several all-women's events occur over the weekend. So I'm going to read off the winners for that. Again, apologies if I mispronounce your name. Uh, I'm very bad at pronouncing names sometimes. And I'm also going to be reading my own handwriting, which is a terrible idea. But here we go. I love you all. I apologize in advance. Out in California at the Daisy Chains, FPO was won by Bailey Miller. FPO 40 was won by Lorena Dostal. Jenna Johnson won FA1, Jennifer Jansen won FA40, Rhonda Parkhurst takes FA50, Susie Wiegand takes FA60, 
and Savannah Prather takes FA2. Congratulations to all the winners and all the participants out there at the Daisy Chains. The ladies smashing it took place this weekend in Michigan, and that is the first tournament of the Midwest Women's Tour. FPO was won by Amanda Melwicky, FP40, Susan Stevens, FA1, Erica Shepik, FA40, Jamie Cusack, FA70, Nancy Wright, FA2, Aaron Faulkner, FA3, Marisley Lopez, and FA4 by Ashley Conlin. Congratulations to everybody out there at the Lady Smashing It. And the Magnolia Open was this weekend out at the International J- Disc Golf Center. And FPO was won by Sarah Cunningham. FP40 was won by Donna Barr. FA1, Sarah Senkbull. FA40, Angie Jeter. FA55, Deborah Perkins. FA65, Marsha Moore. FA2, Jane Ellen Hanks. FA3, Carrie McKenzie, FA4, Kaylee White, and FJ18, Victoria Scott. Congratulations to all the winners of the Magnolia Open and everybody who got to play out there down in Georgia this weekend. The Queen of the Mountain event also took place in Pennsylvania, but I don't have results for that yet, so I will share those on Facebook once they are posted. All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, my conversation with Kathy McDevitt. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Carla C. says this is the place to shop when wanting to get something special for the disc golfing ladies you know. The superior customer service, ability to quickly make custom orders, product knowledge, and utter kindness shown to all makes this a standout company. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. Kathy McDevitt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me. Well, thanks for having me. It's pretty exciting. So give us your disc golf origin story. How did you first come to the game? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so about 15 years ago, because the property that we have um, that we bought in 81 had almost 40 acres. Mm. Hubby and I talked several times about what to do to develop it, you know, down the road once we got the house straightened out and all that. So to make a long story short, um, he had had some conversations with my son who lived in North Carolina, had played disc golf and got into tournaments and stuff. And I came home from work one day from a family business that I worked long, long hours. And he said, I decided what to do with the property. And I said, <laughs> what do you think? He says, I'm thinking about building a disc golf course. And the words that came out of my mouth is what the heck is that? <laughs> so he worked on it for a couple of years Took his time with it, um, put some baskets in in uh, the summer of 07 and did the tee pads up and opened it up for people to try out in the fall of that year. I, being as busy as I was, like I said, with a family business, mm. let him do his thing. And I didn't get too involved in it until my son bugged me the following spring. Come on, mom, you need to come try out playing. Mm. I said, OK, so fooled around on the practice baskets. He got me out on the course, tried throwing some stuff. And I tried it a couple times. And then 
pretty much became addicted. <laughs> My what little bit of time I had off, I would go out and play. And eventually it came to the point where my husband would holler at me off the back deck of the house <laughs> and say, come on, Kath, it's getting dark. You got to come in and have some dinner, blah, blah, blah. So that's how it started. At the age of 51, mm-hmm. I took up the sport. That's so wonderful. I really, oh, that's just great. And I know you hit on it already here a little bit, but can you talk about just the process? Uh, it sounds like that your husband went through and then you've continued to do of designing the course and implementing the course and just a little bit more details about what it takes to actually make a disc golf course happen. Well, it depends obviously on the property, mm-hmm. how much work you need to do it, do to it prior. We had quite an advantage because, because we named it CR Farm. Um, it was initially a farm where we raised beef critters. I had horses. So the building on the edge of the property um, that is now my pro shop was just a three-sided building that stored uh, huge huge rolls of hay mm. for the critters. He finally turned it in. You know, some a friend of ours used it. They updated the building a little bit more once most of the animals were gone for him to, to use for a business for a friend of ours. And then when he started building the course, which he kind of developed through logging that we had hauled off the property, Mm. big pine trees and stuff. So there was initially some sort of fairways. It was also um, my hunting spot as well as his (laughs) because of the 30 acres, lots Mm -hmm. of trees. We actually have a couple of big tree stands that still exist on the course that were initially used for um, turkey hunting, deer hunting, what have you. So we had a, you know, a pretty good head start on the property being semi-ready to put the equipment in to start Mm -hmm. um, building the course. So it was a three to five year process Mm. from start to, you know, from the start of him wanting to do it to, the, the time that he actually opened it up. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a quick yeah. piece of work. So I watched your flyover video of the course that you have on Facebook. And I must say, I'm like ready to play the course right now. <laughs> yeah, well, come I, on out. <laughs> I am craving woods golf right now. And it just looks really fantastic. So can you kind of describe the course uh, in terms of how many holes and par and, and what the style of golf is there? Well, I tell everybody that question it, um, that if you want to learn the game and you want to learn the finesse mm. in your game, it's the place to come. Mm. Um, it's 21 holes. There's a couple of pawn shots. Um, it's about 5,700 feet. So it's not a really long course mm-hmm. per se, especially with the 21 holes, but it gives you a lot of different opportunities on different shots of your game. Mm-hmm left hand, right hand. We added the last three holes just four or five years ago to make it 21 from the 18 originally. So there's um, just four par fives. The rest are par threes. Not real difficult. We get a lot of, you know, first timers that come to try the game, try the sport out. And I think because of the short length of it, um, they become addicted to the game right mm-hmm. off the bat. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times when um, 
you know, depending on if it's a big group or not. But sometimes I even go to the point where I don't even charge a green fee to because we have pay to play here, right. which is not typical for most right. of the country. So a lot of times I'll say, oh, just go out and try it. They're with somebody that's played before. I said, I'm not going to charge you to play as a couple discs to use. Mm-hmm. And I actually had one gentleman say to me one day, well, why would you do something like that? Mm-hmm. And I said, number one, it's growing the sport. Number two, I know you're going to love it. And I know you're going to come back here and spend your money to play again, <laughs> buy, buy product and the, the equipment in the pro shop. Mm-hmm. So um, it's worked pretty much every time I've done it. <laughs> so it's fantastic. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the work that goes into maintaining a course? Well, it's particularly hard up here in Maine because okay. of number one, the four seasons. Right. Um, we keep the course open all year. Mm. So if you like to play in the snow, you can come out. <laughs> um, I gave up my full-time job five years ago, well, six years ago now, to um, take over the pro shop and the, the everyday running of the course to relieve my husband of that duty um, because he'd done it initially from the start of our opening up. So it gave me the opportunity to get out of uh, the job that I was in that I really t- particularly didn't like and brought me out into this really really fun sport mm-hmm. um and it was something for us and not working for somebody else mm-hmm. so i run the course um the business end of it the bookkeeping what have you and my husband backs me up with watching the shop when i go to play in events which mm-hmm. i try to do quite a bit and he does all the maintenance mm-hmm. we pretty much handle the whole thing ourselves, other than a good friend of his in the wintertime who gets laid off from his job will help him come and keep the tea pads cleared, mm-hmm. you know, groom the course mm-hmm. when it snows out. So there's a lot of work to it. Yeah. He did, you know, mowing, mowing the, the fields and stuff, which luckily a lot of the course doesn't entail a lot of um, mowing on a lot of the holes sure. is probably three or four holes where, the long ones that he has a lot of mowing to do, but you know, weed whacking and trash cans and mm-hmm. um, receptacle retainers, which we have all of the above on every hole. So there's no excuse for people to drop litter, you know, throw their butts on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's a trash can and a receptacle can on every hole along with a, like a little ashtray mm-hmm. type thing, tables, benches that he's made from, old trees or uh, rocks it's pretty much kept farmish mm-hmm. and he's also decorated the whole course with old farm implements um, people actually come to him and say look i got this old thing that's been hanging around in my dooryard for years you want it and he'll go over and grab it and place it on the course somewhere mm-hmm. old farm equipment so it's it's pretty cool that's awesome we keep it we keep it pretty non-commercial you might say even the signs on the even the signs on the holes are signs that he made Mm -hmm. routed out the footage and what hole it is so Mm -hmm. it's not fancy but it's farmy that's cool (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) yeah so you've mentioned a couple times you also have a pro shop on the property so can you talk a little bit about your pro shop and what you've got there um it's a pretty decent size um we've been told by most of the people that come out 
that it's probably one of the, at least the top five. There's not too many courses here in Maine that have a pro shop. Um, so I'm going to say the top five. We, we handle um, eight or ten different disc golf suppliers. Mm -hmm. Initially, when he first started, it was just Innova, but I've since, we've added, we have MVP, we have um, the Trilogy, mm -hmm. obviously, which is really popular. We some Heiser Bomb stuff. We had you know, a few oddball stuff, but we had those three major um, companies yeah. in the shop right now. It takes up quite a bit of room, and we're discussing even making it a little bit bigger um, just because I'm running out of space. Yeah. I keep telling them, I need more room. <laughs> uh, and we handle, you know, we handle everything you could possibly want, bags, um, you know, all the little incidentals of, of playing the game besides the actual discs themselves. So it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I grew up in the West and now I live in the Midwest and I've never even been close to Maine. I've only seen it in pictures on videos and it looks really cool. So can you talk a little bit about the terrain and what playing disc golf in Maine entails? Well, I'm going to say if you're from, especially from the West Coast, which I've had a couple of people over the years not quite liking it because um, there's a lot of trees. Right. <laughs> when we first initially opened up in the fall of 07, we were one of maybe 25 courses in the state. Mm. Now we're looking at three times that many mm. that have developed since then. Mm. So if you want to come to Maine and you're a disc golfer, you will be very busy mm. trying to get to play all the courses in the state. Uh, there's, I mean, they're even getting bigger so they can try to get, you know, some of the big people to come and play, which mm -hmm. we have, there's been some events, we've had some really top pros come and play in some tournaments. So it's very, very fast growing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that probably the courses are growing a little bit faster than the players, mm -hmm. but I think it's now trying to catch up to itself. Mm -hmm. Because I have so many in the course, especially in the summer, of people that come that have never played before. And then those people are going to bring people to try it out because they liked it so much. So I think it's, in he, in the state of Maine, it's a very, very fast-growing sport, mm -hmm. both commercially and recreationally. And it's a beautiful state. Well, I'm, not, I'm probably 40 minutes from the coast. Mm -hmm. So if you want to come to Maine and enjoy the coast you can still travel from there and hit oh my goodness i i can't even tell you how many courses mm. that would be uh, a big highlight to try out that's awesome the only yeah the only issue we might have and it's not really an issue but you get a lot of people that that play that come from a state where the it's the courses are in parks mm -hmm. um they don't have to you know pay any money to play but if you come to Maine and you're, you're getting charged the money, it's because of the upkeep of the courses mm -hmm. and, you know, you're not dealing with people out walking their dogs right. or, you know, other kind of different things. So um, I think you're going to find that it's going to start happening more and more mm -hmm. outside of New England yes. as far as the pay to play. Yeah. I think that would be beneficial to the players to have – 
you know, better facilities Mm -hmm. that would, you know, totally accept the disc golf people. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's common. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. So in, gosh, just about a week here, you are hosting an assistant TDing the Farmer's Daughters Open. So can you talk a little bit about that tournament? I can. Um, We did our first one two years ago. A couple of good friends of mine, avid golfers as well, um, Ashley Severy and Megan Norton, decided to hold an all women uh, all women's event, and they wanted to do it opposite years of the Women's Global. Figured it would still keep try to keep women um, and getting more women to play in the mm-hmm. sport. So I decided to do it again this year, just trying to get women to get involved in the sport. And I have tons of them that come to the course, mm-hmm. but they get scared about, well, I, I'm not that good. I don't want to mm-hmm. compete. So I ended up starting, um, a couple few years ago, a ladies league on Thursday nights, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of got some of the women, a feel of what tournament was like, yeah. or, you know, playing in that kind of an atmosphere. So, we're hoping the first year we did it, we had about 65 women from all over New England. Um, actually had a young lady from North Carolina that was up visiting her parents here in Maine. So she ended up playing. So it was awesome. Um, hoping to get that many. But the issue we're having now is because there's so many courses in the state, mm. there are tons and tons of tournaments, whether it just be local or PDGA. And Mother Nature has not been very kind to Mm. us this spring. Mm. We're still, you know, still had a couple storms in April of snow. The rain has been terrible. So we're still dealing with a lot of muck right now. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of deterring some people. And especially I'm going to have to say the ladies because they, you know, traipsing around in the mud. But Mm -hmm. so we're hoping we have a pretty good turnout. Been working hard on it. I have a... um, Josh Connell, who is another course owner in the state that's being my TD, so I can concentrate on the playing aspect of it and the background stuff. He's kind of like just helping me with the background paperwork, you know, things like that. But he's an awesome guy. He's done hundreds of tournaments TDing. So he's going to be a big help with that part of it. Yeah, we've had a ton of rain here, too, so I know all about... Well, I think the country's been kind of hit up really bad this year. My husband and I just took our second trip to Arizona this Mm. February just to take a break from things. We had to have any vacations together, obviously, because of the business. And the first year, last year was fine. The weather was great. Mm -hmm. But this year, we were in northern Arizona, about a couple miles, two hours from Vegas, and you know what happened to them out at the right. Vegas right. town. <laughs> so we had pretty much the whole month for, in the 40s and mm. um, oh, man. a couple of snowstorms. <laughs> oh, so that's just it's like you spend all this money to go right. see be in a warm spot. Right. But regardless, it, we, we had fun. Awesome. It was good to get away. So I also saw on your uh, Facebook page that the DIY Network Series Main Cabin Masters came out to your course. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy week. Okay. And trying to prep for the the tournament as well. Right. Yeah. um, I had actually one of the cast members 
and actually several of the cast members are originally from this area where okay. my course is in Gardner and went to school with my kids. So one of them who actually played hockey with my son in high school, they had, they wanted to, uh, to coincide with one of the projects they're working on. They wanted to film some disc golf footage. He goes, I know the perfect place to awesome. go. Yeah. So they contacted me and I went, sure, come on <laughs> out. So they showed up Monday. It was cold and windy, but of course being in the type of business they're doing for the show, they're right. used to being out in the, whatever kind of weather, sure. but they are the best freaking people. <laughs> they were so much fun. They um, did a bunch of taping and, you know, a couple of the people had played disc golf before a couple hadn't. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. It should, they're going to send me some of the footage that they did, but it's supposed to be um, the footage will be in one of the episodes for their season four, which comes out um, starting late fall. Okay. Awesome. They've just been renewed by the DIY to do at least a couple more seasons, I believe. So this is going to be their season four starting. Wow. So it's pretty cool. They're yeah. involving disc golf in, into it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's so great. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for speaking with me. Where can people find out more about CR Farm Disc Golf and events? The best place, because I don't have a website, because um, Facebook works so well, mm -hmm. Um, so my Facebook page has all the information about the course. Like you stated before, there's a, um, a flyover that a, a friend of mine, Ben Jumper did for me last year. Um, I'd been wanting to do it. So he came out with his drone. He does, he does it for a business for weddings and stuff. So he put together, um, the flyovers on all the holes. It'll give you an excellent idea of what the course is like, um, and because we we are fortunate enough to live on the property, um, we're available to come to the pro shop anytime if I'm not there, you know, for regular hours. I've actually opened up real early for people before to come grab discs on their okay. way to a turn because they lost something or yes. what have you. So we're very accessible yeah. to anybody that wants to come out. We have phone numbers right on the front door. My number's on the Facebook page. So um, we're easily uh can be contacted for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Any other shout outs, anything else you'd like our listeners to know? I would just like to, you know, especially for the ladies, um, is to come out with the boyfriends or the husbands and just try out the sport. Even cause I'm six, I just turned 63 mm -hmm. last week. So it's not a sport that's age protected. Mm -hmm. You might say. It's good for anybody. I've had some uh, some gentlemen in their 70s come out a couple summers ago that were avid ball golfers. They came and tried it out, and they are here, oh, my goodness, two <laughs> or three times a week. So it's just a fun thing for all ages, and I'm sure mm -hmm. everybody makes that comment, but it certainly is. And, you know, right from two or three-year-olds that I've had out mm -hmm. here, you know, throwing with their parents on the practice baskets to – you know, anybody that can walk, it's our course is easy to walk. It's, it takes strollers. You can push your babies around in it, which I have tons of those every year, come out with their kids and push them in strollers. So yeah, just come out and enjoy the sport nature. There's squirrels and birds and we have geese out here. Occasional deer will pop out the people coming out early in the morning. So it's just, 
you know, fun for anything. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm totally sold. I got to get to Maine. So. <laughs> you got to get to Maine. Come on out. We'll, we'll fix you right up. Plenty of places to stay. Uh, yeah. It's, and you won't, you won't be hurting for places to go play. Believe awesome. me. Yeah. Well, it's Ka- awesome. Kathy, thank you so much again. This was really, really good. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Becca. It was a blast. The Kansas City Disc Golf Divas are passionate about creating unforgettable disc golf experiences for women and girls of all ages. Join the Divas on May 11th for the fifth annual Diva Spring Fever held at Rosedale Park in Kansas City. This women's two-round event is part of the Heartland Women's Series and sure to be one of the highlights of your disc golf season. To register or to sponsor the event, visit igotthefeva.com, that's igotthefeva.com, where you can also keep updated on women's league nights, upcoming diva events, and volunteer opportunities. Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Kathy McDevitt. I'll put a link to the CR Farms Disc Golf Course Facebook page in the show notes. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. Use the code GUITAR at checkout if you are a new customer and you will get a discount. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, if you'd be so kind to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on, that helps other people find the podcast. And as always, we love hearing from our listeners. Please, please reach out to us on social media or email at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com. Have a great week. Play a lot of disc golf. It's Diva Fever Week, y'all. Big week. Woohoo! Super, super excited. If you are in the Kansas City area, please come out Friday for both all divisions, dubs, and Cynthia Ricciotti's Pro Clinic at 5 p.m. at Rosedale Disc Golf Course. Have a great week. We'll see you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast.